Are you on your way to Vegas right now as you listen to this show? Well, if for some crazy reason you get injured in either California or Nevada, what happens in Vegas doesn't need to stay in Vegas. Sam and Ash Injury Lawyers are the people's attorneys and experts in both states. People, choose the right attorney, please. Sam and Ash have an impeccable track record, huge wins for accident victims, and always take your case all the way, even across state lines. They care, they help and you win. The ones to trust if hurt in any sort of accident. Sam and Ash Injury Law at 1-800-304-2000. That's 1-800-304-2000 or check out samandashlaw.com. All right. There's only one nation, Raider Nation. You're listening to Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090. It is a Friday night. It is time for Southern California's only all Raiders talk show. That, of course, is Silver and Black tonight. Raider Nation, thanks for joining us. I am Scott Branson, joined by my co-host, Mo Moten. He is a national NFL writer for Bleacher Report, also a contributor up on VegasSportsToday.com. Mo, where do we start, man? A Monday night game. I'm still having heart palpitations from that puppy. Oh, you know where we have to start, Scott. Defense, <laughs> defense, defense. How many years have been Raider fans have been saying, we just need a middle-of-the-road defense and we could be a playoff team with Derek Carr in that offense? Well, you got your first glimpse of it Monday night when the Raiders had a good night on defense, pressuring the pocket. I believe Lamar Jackson was pressured on 54.5% of his dropbacks, Amazing. running for his life. And the Raiders close it out with a, with a touchdown to Zay Jones. So that's that's an amazing uh, happening there for the first week of the season. Great way to start at home in front of the home crowd. And you, you, can, you just can't complain. Even now on a Friday night, you're still, as you said, <laughs> still excited about that win. You have to just savor the moment and enjoy it. Well, and that's what we're going to do in this first segment. We're going we're gonna to revisit the win. We like to kind of break up the show and its two segments. Talk about the game that was and implications from that game, what we learned. And then in the second segment, we're going to talk about the game coming up on Sunday out in Pittsburgh. And to do that, we're very lucky. We're going to be joined by somebody who knows Pittsburgh very well, and that is former Steelers cornerback Ike Taylor. 12 years he played there on that Steel Curtain defense. Um, and yes, before you think, oh, he's going to give all this positive Pittsburgh stuff. No, he's a great analyst. He's going to talk to us about that team. He's going to talk to us about that defense. He's also going to tell us what he thinks, how or he what he thinks about which team could win the game and how they win it. And so that's going to be very interesting. That's going to come up after the first break. But Mo, going to your point now, let's talk about, it seems so weird, doesn't it? To say Raiders and defense. I mean, Raiders defense, where has that been over the last six years? Right? So, so here we're going to talk about the defense. We have to start with Mad Max. We have to start with Max Crosby, two sacks on the night. And he, like you said, chasing Lamar Jackson all over the field. In fact, he did so well that at the, at the Steelers press conference this week with Ben Roethlisberger, they asked him about that because <laughs> they both played in the middle American conference uh, the Mac. Uh, and, and he has lit the fire on league uh, in the league. Everyone knows who Max Crosby is. They knew who he was. And he had that great freshman season, obviously, with the Raiders. But at the same time, Mo, 
This guy was possessed. He never tired. He never gave up. They always talk about his motor, but this guy is conditioned. And more than that, Mo, his mentality is right. He could really be on the cusp of becoming a great NFL player. I tweeted this at the beginning of the game before Max Crosby had any pressures or sacks. I said casuals will know who Max Crosby is by the end of this year. He's going to make a name for himself. And I believe right after I tweeted that, he chased Lamar Jackson down, brought him, <laughs> I believe brought him down for a sack. Well, and I said, see, there you go. Mo, this is why, and, and for, for, for listeners, longtime listeners of the show uh, here in, <laughs> and in Las Vegas and the podcast before that, that's why we call him Mostradamus. Because Mo has some insight. He's got a, a sixth sense where he knows what's going to happen. And you called it on Max Crosby. I mean, listen, no one expected anybody on that Raiders team to be able to do what they did against Lamar Jackson. Yeah, big credit to Max Crosby. I just watched him on field and saw that what he had was could be special. And I go back to that game we had against the Bengals as a rookie. I believe he had four sacks in that game. And a lot of people said, oh, he's just beating up on a, a bad Bengals offensive line. And I always say to this, you can find a good player going up against poor competition. And as you say, he's coming from the MAC. A lot, not a lot of known players out of the MAC that is mostly Alabama, Clemson, you know, SEC schools. This guy comes out of the MAC, and he's and he's again pretty special. And you could see that very early. And I think Raiders fans saw that he had some special traits. It's just a matter of him getting on the big stage. And what bigger stage than Monday Night Football Week One of the season? Yeah, it was entertaining, and it was obviously you had Gladys Knight open, <laughs> open the game with the national anthem. You had Ice Cube uh, doing the halftime show with Too Short, right? So they, they had it all going in Las Vegas and just going nuts with that. Uh, and our friend Kenny King, of course, who's got a podcast, uh, Junior, Kenny King Jr., he talked about, he wrote a piece up on one of the websites talking about how could Allegiant Stadium become the next Staples Center? And he's right about that. I think you're going to see a lot of celebrity settings. But nobody was more famous than that Raider defense. Uh, and, and we talked about Max Crosby. We talked about this Raiders team. And, and where we, we will visit later on the offense with injuries and some of the depth issues that they may have there because of those injuries, which is just part of the NFL. On the defense, Mo, it seems as though this defense uh, the, and the way they've built it and how they're running it under Gus Bradley, there is more depth there. Yeah, and there's, there's just one thing I want to point out about their pass rush that I think a lot of people aren't keying in on, and that's that Gus Bradley only blitzed three times. Only so three. that means only three times. And that means that the Raiders were getting home or getting to the pocket with four guys on their front four. So they don't have to bring an extra guy, which means you can have tight coverage on the back end and still get pressure. I think that's very, very important. And it's interesting that the Raiders stark difference from the Ravens who love the blitz. Yes. And and Carr was able, you know, he had a shaky start, but at, at the toward end of the game, he was fine. Even with the blitz pressure, he was able to find his receivers. The Raiders were able to do it with four and get a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson, and then it made a huge difference. By the way, the winning touchdown pass to Zay Jones blitz. And Carr, hand, Carr, Carr yeah. handled it beautifully. Um, but w- let's stay. Matt, let's hear from Max Crosby because Max Crosby talked about that feeling that this team is deeper and that they have guys who can get it done without the blitzing. He doesn't mention specifically blitzing here, but he talks about the depth on the defense. Here's Max Crosby. Uh, Yeah, you know, it's huge. You know, we have a lot of guys, you know, I was talking about after the game, like it was awesome to see a bunch of different guys make key plays in that game. Like KJ Wright coming in, getting the fourth down stop. Zay Jones catching the game winning touchdown. There's a bunch of guys that, you know, don't get the respect they necessarily deserve and, and seeing them make big time plays on Monday night, like, that's that's encouraging. So, 
you know, the depth, uh, I think we have we have great depth. You know, obviously it sucks, Gerald going down, but um, it's the next next man up. You know, we just signed Square. The dude fits right in. You know, he's, he's we just met him today, and the dude, is, he fits right in the group. So um, it's a next man up mentality, like I said. But, you know, our group, we work so damn hard during the week from, you know, from D-line. It starts with us all the way up to the DBs, and we're pushing ourselves. So I feel like we could have played a whole other game after that game. You know, I felt good. Carl was talking about He's like, man, I feel so good. Like, our group has been working so hard, so we're not surprised that we weren't tired, you know what I mean? In OT, we, we felt like it was the first quarter again. So, you know, we just got to keep improving and keep getting in better and better shape every day. There we go, Max Crosby and Mo. I mean, this really hints at a, a coming together of that entire defense and of a new mindset and a new culture within the building. Absolutely, and as he, he just mentioned, they could have played another period, another <laughs> game. And I think that's important to point out because Gus Bradley said it. He said, you know, second effort sacks. Guys having a motor, not just Max Crosby, but Carl Nassib getting that strip sack. Uh, Quentin Jefferson getting a forced fumble. Denzel Perryman picking up the fumble. You know, they, the Raiders have multiple guys, and I think the strength of their defense is that defensive line, which is weird to say after all these years <laughs> of what they had. It doesn't seem right. <laughs> But but that helps that that helps guys on the back end too. So now young guys like Trayvon Merrick and Nate Hobbs coming along, Jonathan Abram not mentioned, which is a good thing. Those guys are going to have easier time on the back end defending the pass when the defensive line is applying pressure consistently to the to the pocket. Well, and for me, I was looking at the linebackers, you know, because I, I it, you and I have talked about it several times leading up to the start of the season about Corey Littleton. We really believe he's going to bounce back. He made us look bad on the missed play coming <laughs> up the gap on the big run, but they really rallied. And I thought overall that rotation, that rotation um, did really, really well. And that that linebacking core for for the lack of guys that we thought they had. And then they had to go out and make those signings. And there's implications for that, too. But that in itself, to me, was huge. Uh, and to see that we didn't see the defensive backs tested as much as I would have liked. But overall, Mo, that linebacking core, too. What did you think there? What did you see that made you feel good about where they're going with the linebackers? As Max Crosby mentioned, seeing KJ Wright chase down Lamar Jackson, mm -hmm. uh, just seeing him run all over the field side to side, 32 years old, still has a great motor, still has a lot of gas left in the tank. Just to see him on the field, Raiders picking him up and him being plugged right in and making an impact, I think that was important. Uh, Corey Littleton, you mentioned he he may have whiffed on a tackle or two, but I listened to Gus Bradley on Thursday. He did say he watched the film and he thought Corey Littleton played an overall decent game. So I just hope he can just build off of that. I believe he had 10 tackles for a solo. So I think that's something to build on going forward for him. No doubt. And I think with Corey Littleton too, you know, one thing the Raider fans, uh, and I think they've come, they've come around to this and they understand it, especially with this new scheme, is Corey Littleton, it's not like a linebacker who's going to be uh, around the ball making huge hits all the time. That's not Corey Littleton's role, right? And so I think that the more you understand the rotation and, I, and the more you understand how linebackers are used within that system, and I thought Corey Littleton a couple times went out in coverage uh, down the sideline actually on a big play, uh, was able to cover and do a really good job and shut off what could have might, might have been a big play for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So, so I like that. Now on the defensive backs, the, a little bit of the news, and of course, you know, it just is what it is. Damon Arnett had one snap, uh, but overall, that that unit did pretty well. The 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 Ravens were not able to open up the pass game. They don't have a great pass game to begin with. We talked about that with Clifton Brown last week on the show to get his sense for how that that um, that passing game was coming together. But I thought they did pretty well. They'll get a bigger test this week in Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, absolutely. Two things I want to point out. Mark Andrews, a star tight end for the Ravens, beat three catches for 20 yards. The Nothing. fact that his name wasn't called a lot says a lot about the safeties and the back end of that defense. The other thing I thought was interesting, Jonathan Abram did play some weak side linebacker snaps. He was yes. in the box, yes. He did play some strong safety, but he also played as, as a, I guess a, you would say, a smaller linebacker, and I think that fits into a T. Well, and the other guy I want to bring up now, switching to the offense. Of course, Derek Carr had a great night. Darren Waller, who always has good nights. Um, but you, you, and you, you see that. Uh, two guys I want to talk about. Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards had his coming out party, right? And amazing, Mo. Here's a guy. They talked about him the entire game. Doesn't get any targets. Doesn't get any targets. And then guess what? The game's on the line. And then you got to go win the game. Who steps up? It's Brian Edwards. Amazing. The third round pick that a lot of people said, where is he in the first four and a half, first three and a half quarters of the game? Where is he? And he shows up in the clutch and he's big. He's huge. I know he fans probably thought he won the game in the first place. But again, it's good to see him involved in offense because when the Raiders involve all of their weapons. And Mo, I want to switch gears because the injury talk all week, obviously the Raiders decimated in many ways by injury, but they're deeper so they can withstand some of it. But on offense, you lose Denzel good for the season of course, and then Josh Jacobs is banged up. Uh, so we're not going to go all into that, but you look at the offense, what they were able to do. There was good balance there. I think they need to start faster uh, Sunday in Pittsburgh. Uh, but overall, your impression of the offense? Yeah, I think that part of the slow start with the offense was the offense just not getting any preseason snaps altogether. Of course, Alex Leatherwood had some snaps, and Andre James had some snaps. But as a as a unit together, they didn't really get that gelling period in the exhibition uh, action. So they had to have they had to wear that off and knock off the rust a little bit in the first half. And but once they started clicking, you saw again what it could be. And once the, all their weapons got involved, we talked about Henry Ruggs. I, I want more targets for him. What I found interesting was that you saw Alec Engel li- lined up out wide as a fullback catching <laughs> passes. I want to see Henry Ruggs get some of those passes. I know a lot of people saying, well, he, he's got to be more consistent. There was a route, I believe, he was supposed to have uh, sat on the route in the zone. He didn't. He kept running, so it looked like him and Derek Carr weren't on the same page. May have been more Ruggs' fault. But I think as a young player, you go back to him. And a lot of people were coming at me on Twitter saying, well, he's he's doing this and he's not doing that. And I'm saying he's he's in his second year. It's the first game <laughs> of his second season. Right. Give him a break. A guy like that, you don't you don't go down on him because you don't want his confidence to dip. Keep going to him because he'll eventually get it and he'll and he'll contribute. Absolutely. I'm here with my legal team, Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. 1-800-304-2000 or samandashlaw.com. Personal injury attorneys crossing state lines from California to Nevada. Sam, Ashley, it's good to talk to you. Uh, Listen, Monday night, Las Vegas, the city was electric. Uh, Did you guys feel it? What did you think of this first big game? Not only was it a great event, but they won in dramatic fashion. Oh my gosh, Scott, did I feel it? I was telling Sam, I was in a high rise hotel on the strip during the national anthem watching it and all, then all of a sudden I felt the rumblings and I look out the window and there went the flyover right over the hotel I was in and it was unreal. Oh wow, the US Air Force, thank you very much, right? You get to yeah. see your tax dollars at work. Yeah, uh, I was so in awe, I couldn't even take a photo or video. And I did I did a radio spot, a national radio spot, and then I did one up in Salt Lake City yesterday and they were saying, well geez, how excited were people in Las Vegas? Sam, you could, that, that whole day was pretty electric, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, everybody was was excited. My my kids uh, go to private school and they have to uh, wear uh, uniforms, but they get a free dress day because it Ooh. was the start of the season. So if you're wearing Raiders gear, they didn't have to wear uniforms. So imagine this: they all wore their Raiders gear uh, to school very happily, not to have to wear their. Uh, their preppy uh, preppy uniforms. Well, speaking of dressing up in Raiders gear, I don't know if you guys saw, but Allegiant Airlines rolled out their Raider Nation airplane uh, just last week where it's all decked out with the silver and black, the Raider shield and all that stuff, which brings I up. The, it. I know it's very cool. And I know flying out of McCarran, every fan that comes into the game probably wants to fly on it. We'll see who gets to do that. <laughs> but that brought up the question for me because you guys you know, you're a big deal. Uh, you you help. I mean, you get hurt in a crash. You call Sam and Ash, right? That is what it's all about. You guys help people. But at the same time, you have a lot of style, both of you. And so here's my question for you. If you were going to have a Sam and Ash plane, <laughs> how would you how would you guys duck out? Rocky would have to be somewhere. Correct, Ash? Oh, for sure, Scott. Um, you know, I'm actually thinking I might steal a play out of uh, the famous hot dog and make the airplane look like a, a giant hot dog in the air. Uh, <laughs> there you well, go. You know, put a put a big smiley face on it. Um, I love this Raider airplane. I think it's all about the color scheme. I think you got to do something different. If you're going to have a plane, you got to give it some kind of cool colors and and a cool design. So I'm with Ashley on that. Well, what would you guys do with the interior though? Would it be would it be lush? Would it be um, would it look like would it look would it look like your very cool offices there in downtown Las Vegas? What would you do with the interior? I mean, think about it. You have your own a a three thirty or a three oh eight or three eighty. Excuse me, whatever the plane is. Um, you're going to have that. What do you do with it? How do you make it feel? I mean, this is a plane you're going to take all of your wonderful clients that that you've that you've defended and gotten justice for and you're going to take them on a big trip what what do you how do you make the inside look well i given that i fly southwest now on a on a very regular basis <laughs> uh my dream plane has no middle seats okay <laughs> so let's start there um i'm going like to give all, we're going to make sure all our clients that that come on board the plane uh don't have to you know don't no have arm, to armrest arm wars <laughs> yeah exactly um uh, I, I will tell you a funny story that's Vegas adjacent. Uh, a long time ago, I was on, a, on an old Gulfstream plane mm -hmm. that was sitting at Long Beach at the airport, and it was uh, Frank Sinatra's old plane. It was his plane. And the entire, this plane, this, this plane was probably, I don't know, 40 years old, and, um, or 35 years old, let's say. And it was, every seat in it had been redone except Frank Sinatra's seat that was like his seat. So everything was new in the airplane, but you had this one seat in the in the plane that was like the old leather, all worn and everything, because it was it was Sinatra's old blue eyes. Wow. Seat. Well, he's the chairman of the board. You have to leave his seat, right? You can't you can't mess with that. So no one can sit in that seat. So uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Unless, well, uh, guys, it's good. I'm glad, you know, the Raiders now dealing with these injuries going on the road for Pit to Pittsburgh before they get to come home and play Miami again. Uh, it's going to be exciting to get to get those games in in Las Vegas. And certainly I know we'll see you guys out there. Uh, well, you heard it here from my not only my legal team, Sam and Ash, but now my aviation advisors, <laughs> Sam and Ash, they care. They help you win Sam and Ash injury law. It's so easy to remember like nothing else. 
um, I've ever heard because you guys, I, I like the no middle seat thing, Sam. That was very good. Uh, just remember, if you're hurt in a crash, call Sam and Ash 1-800-304-2000 or SamAndAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Sam, Ash, thank you so much. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Scott. Great Thanks, to be Scott. with you. All right. Go Raiders. <laughs> there you go. Go Raiders. Sam and Ash, as always, a, a proud sponsor, and we're so appreciative of their support here on Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090. Mo and I are going to talk to next here on the show to Ike Taylor, 12-year cornerback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He now co-hosts the Believe Network's uh, Steelers podcast. So you make sure if you want to listen to get some insight on the other side, you can listen to him. But a great analyst. He's worked for the NFL Network in the past. Just a great guy, a total lunch pail player. You don't play in the NFL for 12 years unless you are a consistent player, and he was the picture of consistency while a Pittsburgh Steeler. So we're going to talk to him about the game and what he sees as the keys to the game, uh, and I think you'll find that insight great because he is fantastic at analysis, so we'll do that. And then Mo and I are going to give you our predictions. That's right. We'll tell you what we think. You might be surprised, by the way with our predictions this week but we want to give you that as well that means we are stepping aside and don't forget by the way okay before we go reminder go check out vegasportstoday.com we cover the raiders up there you'll find the best raiders coverage no corporate bs all raiders all the time as well as other vegas sports all right we're gonna step aside silver and black tonight here on the mightier 1090 coming up next ike taylor raider nation it's friday don't go anywhere We will be right back with Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 SoCal Sports Talk. Hey, Raider Nation, are you looking for an independent news source covering the Raiders in Las Vegas? Check out the only site that's been doing it for the past four years, VegasSportsToday.com. With in-depth daily coverage of the Raiders and news and opinions from a stable of talented writers, VegasSportsToday.com is your independent source for news out of the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, and by the way, we cover all Vegas sports, including boxing, UFC, esports, and the hottest ticket in the NHL, the Vegas Golden Knights. Get on your phone now. And check out VegasSportsToday.com, your independent source for Raiders news. No corporate BS, just pure Raider Nation. That's VegasSportsToday.com. Nobody pray for me. It's been a day for me. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances. Finessing on them with some counterfeits. But now I'm counting this. Parmesan with my accountant lives. In fact, I'm down in this. Juice with my boo tastes like Now, back to Scott and Mo on Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 AM. Welcome back. Silver and Black tonight here on Southern California's only sports local leader. That, of course, is the Mightier 1090. Scott Branson, Mo Moten with you here. Always brought to you by our good friends, Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys. Hurt in a crash, call Salmon Ash 1 800 304 2000. And Mo, we're going to switch our attention now. We talked about the Raiders week that was, the challenges they have with the injuries. But now the big challenge is, my friend, is going to be going on the road to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Never an easy place to play. And of course, the Raiders' history there is long and storied. And to talk about the Steelers and to preview that game, we bring in 
Ben, uh, one of the great Steelers. That is Ike Taylor, 12-year career with the Steelers from 2003 to 2015. Of course, a fourth rounder uh, out of the University of Louisiana Lafayette, my favorite mascot, the Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, and of course, now also a host on the Believe in Steelers podcast. It is Ike Taylor. Ike, thanks for being with us here on the Mightier 1090 on Silver and Black tonight. Thomas, thanks for having me on the show, man. It's going to be an interesting conversation, <laughs> and it's going to be also, I think, an interesting game when it comes down to the Las Vegas Raiders and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It will be, and I'll tell you what. I mean, the Steelers, uh, Ike, go on the road in week one, and they beat Buffalo. I don't think anybody was giving them much of a chance to go up there because the Bills have become a little bit of a media darling, right, after last year, what Josh Allen all those guys were able to do. They go up there, they upset the Bills, minus their their big guy up front, Stephon Tewitt, of course, is out up front, uh, and they had one of the NFL. I mean, he is the NFL's best interior lineman, I think. Um, and you had Cam Hayward step up. You had Chris Wormley, Carlos Davis. All those guys did a great job. Talk a little bit about the Steelers going into Buffalo and starting off their season like they did. Well, I think Cam Hayward is the key to that defense. We can talk about Stephon Tewitt. We can talk about Devin Bush. We can talk about... Uh, Fitzpatrick, we can talk about Joe Hayden, we can talk about T.J. Watt. I think if you take Cam off of that defense, we're really not talking about too many people. And the reason why, he's Mr. Consistent, he don't miss games, he don't miss practice, and he's an interior lineman, and he's going to do everything you want him to do. He's going to always have the highest grade on the defense, meaning he don't have mental error. He do exactly what the coaches ask him to do. If they got 65 plays, he'll mess up 64 plays. That's what they mean when they're talking about grading, technique, not having any mental errors. But that's, that's Cam. So he's not only Mr. Reliable, Mr. Efficient, but for me, I think he's a, he's the battery to that defense. Everybody else is the engine, the wheels, the brakes, and, and, and the shining, the glitz, and the glamour. I think if you, if you take Cam Hayward off of that defense, man, it's definitely going to be a problem. Now, getting back to that Buffalo and Pittsburgh Steelers game, I think it's the running game that Buffalo didn't have last year, mm-hmm. and they continue to have the same problem. So there is no balance. So when you got a Josh Allen, even though he's a stud quarterback at a young age, you're relying on him to throw 54 times. Now, when you throw 54 times, it's a lot that can happen in between those 54 times. We're talking about injuries. We're talking about interceptions. We're talking about just bad plays at the wrong time. Now, you're going to rely on his arm because he got the juice and he can make pretty much every throw you want him to make just standing still in the pocket. He just so happened to be mobile. He's bigger than what people think he is. So he's a young stud. But at the same time, man, you just got to have some kind of balance. And I think that's going to hurt the Buffalo Bills not able to have a running game and just solely relying on his arm. So, Ike, just this is Momo and jumping in. I just want to take a big picture look at the Steelers. I think it's incredible that mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin, in his 15th season, doesn't have a losing year in Pittsburgh. Third longest tenure head coach mm-hmm. in the NFL. How he's how has he been able to motivate his team for a decade and a half without his voice going stale in the locker room? <laughs> Do you have a specific experience with him, and and how will his team uh, be prepared after a big road win over the Bills? How is he going to motivate that team to get up for the Raiders again on Sunday? I mean, that's the coaching part. That's Mr. Reliable. You know, coach, coach live. Coach is like a player. He just so happened to be a coach. So you know how some guys just they eat, sleep, live, breathe football. That's Coach T. So what Coach T does well is he simplifies everything from an offensive standpoint to what defense can understand, 
or from a defensive standpoint to what offense can understand. So that's what that's what you gotta love about Coach T. And he gets his players involved on the game planning. Like the Cam Hayward. Of course we know Ben gonna always be some sort of the game plan. That's pretty much them that his offense. But he adds guys like the this Patrick, the Joe Hayden, the Devin Bush, the T J Watts. Hey, what do you see in the guy lined up to you? What do you think we we what do you think we'll be able to do? So when you got a head coach, this is smart as coach T but he's asking players what do they think that can help that defense or how how what can get them better or what can make us win. That makes a player want to come even earlier to these meetings. That's mm-hmm. that makes a player who wanna stay even later after practice because I have a head coach. Not only does is he involved, but he lets us get involved and he asks us questions. That's what I think the difference between Coach T and other coaches, because I was a part of that. I was a part of the meetings with Coach T as for our input. Now, if it didn't work, we had to go back to what the defense coordinator and Coach T wants us to do. But if it did, um, it gave us more confidence because we're now more tuned in, not only with ourselves and not letting our brothers down, but we're more tuned in into the game plan because we have some sort of input. Yeah, Ike Taylor, of course, 12-year career with the Pittsburgh Steelers is our guest here on Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090. And Ike, just a continuation on, on Coach Tomlin, you know, there's been some criticism of him because um, that he, uh, I think outsiders, again, outsiders, sometimes think that he allows players to get away with too much. And there is a fine line, you know, they talk about player coaches and, and letting players be who they are, especially today. Um, and you saw the stuff with Juju dancing on the field and all that. What is it about Tomlin uh, that makes him able to do that, to straddle that line where he lets guys be who they are, but at the same time enforces, or I should say reinforces, that team concept? Oh, uh, he just lets you fire yourself. Mm-hmm. That's all Coach T is. Coach T look at us like young men. He's always willing to let people grow. He understands people come in the NFL as a very kind of immature. Some learn faster than others. Others just don't get it. So he's a lot, he, he allows you over a course of time for you to gather and become a young man. Now, when you just do the same thing, repeat offenders repeat over and over and over again, eventually how we look at it is like, man, you're going to fire yourself. And fire yourself is not fire yourself from the league, but you're not going to be a Pittsburgh Steelers. So, that's how I look at it. And that's why I tell any guy in that locker room if they're all Pittsburgh still. Coach, he's gonna let you he's gonna let you be you. What you gotta love about him. He's gonna let you have your own personality. But if he feels like you're not maturing as a person, he's gonna wind up letting you go. Got it. So let's get into the nitty gritty a little bit of that defense. You're a former defensive back. Minka Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. twenty one pass breakups and nine interceptions as a stealer. How has he changed mm-hmm. that defense? And what, do, what does Derek Crockett look for when he throws downfield? And could we see a big matchup between Minka Fitzpatrick and tight end Darren Waller? Well, you know, Minka kind of lets the – whatever Minka, whatever he sees on film throughout the course of the week, and he sees it, he sees it in live and action, he's definitely going to jump and he's going to bite. And that's what separates Minka apart from a lot of other people. A lot of other people, they kind of know the play but they don't trust themselves or they don't want to make a mistake and make that play. Minka, over the course of his career, especially being with the Pittsburgh Steelers, he understands, man, whatever I see, I'm going to jump and I'm going to trust. And that's what usually what, what, what Hall, of, Hall of Famers do. They don't mind messing up. They trust their instincts 
and they go and they make the play. That's what you got to love about making what he brings to the table. And he's probably one of the guys I'm talking about with Coach T, might ask Minka um, on a third down situation when it comes down to game planning during the middle of the week. What do you see? What calls do you see that can put you in good situations so you can make this play? So that's that's how I look at Minka, man. Minka is a very instinctive player, and I play one of them guys. His name is Troy Palomalu. So when you have a guy with great instincts, you don't want to take that away from him. You want them guys to use their Spider-Man senses, as we call them on the field, because they're game changers. So them guys don't come around too often, fellas. So when you got when you got a guy like Minka who's instinctively good and kind of let the game come to him, you just let him rock out. Yeah, Ike Taylor's our guest here on Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090. And Ike, going to the other side of the ball, uh, of course, Ben Roethlisberger coming back from the elbow injury looked really good in Buffalo. Not only that, but that offensive line with the rookie center, Kendrick Green, and the left tackle, Don Moore. There was a lot of question marks about that offensive line, what they were going to be able to do with those young guys up front. Talk a little bit about how that line did to protect Ben and how Ben did himself. I, I didn't see anything from that elbow that made me think that he's got any kind of problem throwing the football. Nah, seven, seven. One thing about seven, what people got to understand about seven, he's very competitive mm. and he hears, he hears all. I mean, when you got a guy who seven, if seven want to play golf with you, he's going to beat you. If you want to play him in shuffleboard, he's going to beat you. If you want to play him in ping pong, he's going to beat you. If you want to play him in horse, he's going to beat you in basketball. So, seven, he's just one of those guys. If you want to play softball, he's able to switch it left or right. And I'm saying that because I've, I've seen it over the course of my career. So, seven's just one of those guys, man, where he can just pretty much play any sport he wants to and be good at it. He just so happened to be a future Hall of Famer at the quarterback position at the NFL level. So that's how I look at seven of them coming back. And it's, it's not too many quarterbacks that can play in Pittsburgh. And the reason why I say this is just the mystique of the city. Everything about you has to be tough. And dealing with Big Ben's injury and looking at other quarterbacks from other organizations, I don't know if other quarterbacks could have played with a lot of injuries Ben have played with. So Ben is technically made for that city and made for that organization when it comes down to toughness, so say. So that's why Ben always going to bounce back. Every every time somebody says something about Seven, man, he always going to bounce back and try to prove him wrong. So piggybacking off of Ben Roethlisberger, let's go to his protection. Raiders had offensive line changes in the offseason. So did the Steelers. You mentioned Cam Hayward earlier. I agree with you. I think it it's all on him. He's the He's the guy. On that defensive line, Max Crosby had a monster showing on Monday Night Football against the Ravens. I believe Crosby and Hayward are one and two when it comes to quarterback pressure. So I just want to ask a simple question. Do you think this is going to be a battle between which offensive line is left standing last between these two guys, Crosby and and Hayward charging the pocket? Is that going to be the focal point of this game? Yeah, I I think the the D-line who plays the best is going to win this ball game. Mm. And I'm not, and I'm not talking in the passing game. I'm talking in the running game, you know. And and, and that's how I look at it. Whoever holds the rundown, uh, is going to win this ball game. Whoever has the most rushing yards will win this will win this ball game because they're going to control the clock. And when you control the clock, you kind of neutralize the outside guys when it comes down to pass rush. So 
that's what I think the focal point for both sides, because both sides between the Raiders and the Pittsburgh Steelers, they got some guys who can get to the ball from the outside ASAP, ASAP. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you neutralize them by running the ball, then they're not so antsy on getting to the quarterbacks. You get your third down situation, third and shorts, and you can also run the ball as well. When you get to them third and seven, third and eight, man, you know, them boys on the outside, they're chomping at the bit. And that's <laughs> on both sides. That's on both sides. Either you're a Raider or a Pittsburgh guy. I do like the, the Raiders defensive line, especially their outside guys. So it's whoever controls the run game will win this game when it comes down from a defensive line standpoint. Let me ask you this, Ike, the matchup, and Mo mentioned him earlier, and, and not just because we're a Raiders show, but you have to look at mm -hmm. Dar Darren Waller and how he plays. I mean, he's mm -hmm. one of the top three guys, Travis Kelsey, him, and George Kittle are right all there. Uh, when If you're mm -hmm. the Steelers and you're looking at, the, at, at him, he was targeted 19 times in the Monday night game with the Ravens. Going into this game mm -hmm. Sunday, if you're, if you're playing for the Steelers, what are you going to do with Darren Waller to try to slow him down enough where he's not as much of a factor? I mean, you're just going to know where he's at at all times. And you're going to know where he's at probably on third down more than us. So whether he's lined up outside, you probably double him and have a have a safety over the top of the corner. If he's inside, you'll have a defense lineman or a linebacker chip him and have a safety to understand and know where he's at at all times. It's hard to play man with Waller because he's so athletic, 6'6", six, six, um, being able to run. Uh, 19 targets is a lot. Uh, I mean, the Raiders barely got out of that one with 19 targets, but there's a lot of wide receivers that would love to have 19 targets. <laughs> but it's, schematically, schematically, it was just uh, for the Raiders, uh, it was more one-on-one -on -one when it came down to the Baltimore Ravens because the Ravens like their secondary. I think with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're really not going to see a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. So schematically, uh, between, you know, Derek Carr, and, and Waller and, and Coach Gruden, they got to figure a way to get him open. And it's going to be thrown in windows more this game than one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one matchups. But when it comes down to that third-down situation, just my personal opinion, they're going to know where Waller at is at all times. Absolutely. Ike Taylor, former Pittsburgh Steeler, giving us some insight into uh, the game coming up on Sunday. Ike, if you're the, if you're the Steelers, what, what uh, about the Raiders' offense uh, outside of Darren Waller uh, concerns you and you have to scheme for and plan for? Really, really, the, really they got a nice little group of wide receivers quietly. The mm -hmm. Las Vegas Raiders, you know, look at uh, Ruggs third. Um, you look at Zay. Uh, Zay was one. Of, I was. I was one of Zay um, fans coming out of college. You look at Wilder. Um, I think they have a nice core. Um, young, young, young group of receivers. I think Coach Gould is looking for the consistency when it comes down to those guys. Um, right now, Jacobs is playing with a hurt with a toe. Yep, a hurt toe. I think he hurt his toe, but you still mm -hmm. see how effective he is in the running game. So. Um, I think, for, from my standpoint, I think the coaches just want to see the consistency from this young wide receiver core and watch them grow in the, in the course of a couple of weeks. But when you want to talk about, you know, tandems and trios, I think uh, the Raiders, if they can play to their talent, have just enough talent as any other, you know, trio in the league. They just have to be consistent. Absolutely. There you go. Ike Taylor, you can hear him on the Believe in Steelers podcast as well as other places. And Ike, we'll have to get you on later in the season. It won't be to talk Steelers. It'll be to talk okay. just NFL stuff, but we appreciate you coming by and stopping <laughs> okay. by here on the Mightier 1090. Oh, anytime, fellas. I appreciate y'all. 
All right, there you go. Ike Taylor, Taylor, former Pittsburgh Steeler, giving us some insight into the game coming up on Sunday. Man, Mo, that was fun. Ike is a good guest. Yeah, absolutely. Two-time Super Bowl champion, Ike Taylor. He's got some hardware. Giving some insight insight on defensive backs, getting getting into some Minka Fitzpatrick. Great guest. Hope to have him back again. Maybe as a playoff matchup, maybe. Maybe as a playoff matchup, but I think we might have him on just to talk football. I mean, I love hearing from guys who played the position. uh, And there's some questions I didn't get to that were more general, not necessarily Raider-specific. But as the Raiders season unfolds, we might want to go back to him, uh, especially as we see these young defensive backs for the Raiders develop and see how they do. All right, Mo, obviously the game coming up on Sunday in Pittsburgh. Uh, the Raiders are a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, let's talk about key to the game. What to you, for the Raiders to go on the road, and I'm going to say steal a game because, listen, it's hard to go back East Coast uh, on a short week. Then you add in all the injuries. What do the Raiders have to do to leave Pittsburgh with win and to move to 2-0? and If you listen to what Ike Taylor said – no man coverage. So Ray, mm. Carr is going to have to throw through tight windows and be in sync with his receivers. So that timing and his decisiveness and aggressiveness is going to be very important in that matchup. He did mention the run game. I do think it's going to be the battle of the offensive lines. Whichever offensive line is left standing with their quarterback is going to win this game. Cam Hayward and TJ Watt on the Steelers side, Max Crosby and his group on the Raiders side. It's going to be a Big showdown in the trenches. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great game on Sunday. One you don't want to miss. It starts at 10 a.m. Pacific on CBS, wherever you're watching, whether you're in Los Angeles, San Diego, if you're in Las Vegas, that's where you'll be able to catch the game. Mo, I got the Raiders in this one in a close one. I I think it's going to be in the 20s, and I think the Raiders are going to win thanks to a turnover. I think Big Ben's going to throw a pick, and the Raiders are going to win that way. They're not going to win on offense this week. They're going to win on defense this week. Scott, I'm superstitious, so <laughs> I picked the Raiders to lose last week, and they won. So I'm going to do the same thing. Hey, Steelers 24, Raiders 21. I'm superstitious, so if, if it works out, it works out. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just I'll be a reverse jinx, and, and fans will love it. They will. Love it. They will love it, and they will not label you a hashtag hater. Um, all right, <laughs> that's going to do it for the show. Uh, Mo, man, it's always fun. It was a great show today. Uh, don't forget, too, you can listen to us on Sundays pregame out in Las Vegas on the Fan 98.5 HD2. You can listen to us. We are on at 9 a.m. Pacific right before the game as well. Make sure you follow Mo on Twitter, at Mo Moten. That's M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, and I am at LV Gully. Make sure you check out our work, too, also on Vegas Sports Today. Com. Mo, have a good one, man. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully about another win. Hopefully another win, another close win, a 2-0 start, which would be a great start to the season. It would be. All right, for everybody here at Silver and Black tonight, I'm Scott Cobranton. He is Mo Moten. We will talk to you next week, Raider Nation. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your game out in Pittsburgh. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us. Please catch Silver and Black tonight, every Friday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 AM. SoCal Sports Talk.